Praise the Lord and God bless you this evening and welcome to the Tabernacle Deliverance Sunday evening service. Um, Pastor Wilson, I'm excited about what God is doing today for us, with us, through us, and in the midst of us, regardless of all that's going on today in the world. So I'm just excited about what God is doing for us today. On this wonderful Sunday afternoon, it's just funny because um, I've been in a dentist and... Um, even working on my mouth, so my mouth feels funny today, but I'm going to preach to you anyhow in Jesus' name. But I just want to let you know God is still in control in the midst of everything that's happening around us. That we we really need to understand that God is in control. I heard something today from one of the pastors that I watch on TV also. She said something so interesting. <laughs> she said something so interesting. It makes me think I want to tell y'all. I want y'all to listen to this real quick. Some people are waiting, but they're stuck. That's why they're waiting. They're not waiting on God. They're just waiting, trying to figure out how to get out of being stuck. So, you know, it's just funny. It goes along slightly along line of the message today. So today, bow your head for a moment. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, ask that you forgive us of our sins, cleanse our heart, mind, and soul today. I thank you for touching the people today. I thank you for touching their lives and encouraging them to give strength to walk before you in the land that are living. I thank you for what you're getting ready to do. I thank you for what you're already done. I thank you for making ways out of no ways in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, you can go to the Tabernacle Deliverance, inc.org, and you can leave a prayer request, uh, 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 a testimony. And you also can become a partner of what God is doing uh, uh, for you, leaving a, a testimony of what God is doing for your life. You can become a partner to help us along, uh, the different ministries, the things that we have with the television ministry, the podcast, and other things that we're doing. And Lord willing, later this month, we'll be starting uh, uh, the 24-hour live channel for Bible study. Uh, hopefully, Lord willing, we'll have that complete at the end by the end of the month. Get your Bibles, and let's talk tonight. Tonight, I want to talk to you briefly about compassion. Now, compassion is interesting because um, it deals with a lot of different things. And um, today, my, many people don't know what compassion is. Definitely many politicians, bankers, lawyers, judges have no clue what compassion is, real compassion. And a lot of everyday people don't know what compassion is. And tonight I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you about compassion and how God has had compassion on us, regardless of us, because some of us are jacked up. And it took God's compassion to get us where we at. Get your Bible. And let's go to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. I always read from the King James Version. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 32. It says, But though he cause grief, yet Will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies? I'll read that again. But though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. One of the things I've learned about God is that he will allow grief to affect your life. He will allow grief to come into your life. A lot of times grief comes from our sins, our wrongdoings, and we, we suffer for the things that we've done. We suffer for the things that we said. We suffer for our conduct. But the scripture says here, but though he caused grief, yet he will have compassion he will have compassion on us according to the multitude of his mercies. He will have compassion on us according to the multitude of his mercies. 
Now, one of the things you think about God is that he's a compassionate God. He's also a God of judgment. But the thing here is that he would have compassion on us out of the multitude of his mercies. I mean, he had a lot of mercies. And that he would have compassion on us because we're just human. We're just flesh. We're subject to go okay. That's not his plan. But we, we go off key. But God's compassion is extended to us daily wherein we can obtain his compassion and his concern and his love. Now, one of the ways that God had compassion was sending his son. There's all kind of talk about Jesus Christ. I will all kind of foolish talk about. But the thing about the Lord here is that God sent his son out of compassion and out of concern for his people and even the future people he would have. It's compassion. God has compassion on us because we're only real human beings. We act like we're Mr. It or Miss It. But God knows. That we are frail and we're subject to fail. That's a fact. That's not a theory. We're subject to fail. So we had compassion and said, Christ, to become sin for us, that we might obtain his righteousness. So out of his compassion, he sent Christ, the scripture says here. But though, uh, Lamentation 3.32 says, but though he caused grief, Yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. That's what I like about God. Understanding that God is compassionate. God is also a God of judgment because he knows when you're fooling around. You know, he knows when you're diving. He knows when you're trying to scam him. He already knows this. But his compassion doesn't fail. That's the thing about God. His compassion never fails and never ends. He's offering up his compassion. He's offering up his love. He's offering up his kindness and his greatness, his mercies. Oh, just each and every day. But what is it that we need God to do to get our attention? What did God have to do to get our attention? Let's move on. Let's go to um, let's go to Psalms 111 and 4. Psalms 111 and 4. Let's talk a little bit more about his compassion. Psalms 111 and 4 says. Listen to this. He having made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. I'll read it again. He having made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's gracious. Oh, my goodness. The Lord is gracious unto us. When you don't have to be. When we show no concern for others, God still have compassion on us. When we run around acting self-righteous and thinking we're better than other people, God still have compassion. Oh no, He doesn't have to. Amen. He gives us our opportunity. Because he's long suffering that nobody should perish, but he'll have compassion on us in the midst of our foolishness. I'm talking about when we say it too now. You know, when we get saved, all of a sudden we're self-righteous. We're better than unsaved. We're better. We're not better than nobody. Some of that people you calling devils and sinners are heirs of salvation. So be careful. Don't offend God's people. 
But the scripture here. Psalms 111 and 4 says, He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. You want to know something? <laughs> Talking about God's compassion? We're not compassionate for God. We're compassionate about man. Oh, yes, we are. Thinking about he's saying what he made. This is what the scripture says. It says, verse 4, he having made his wonderful works to be remembered. God has made us in his image. God has made us in his image to be remembered that he created us in his image. But yet, we're going to have plastic surgery. Women go have their breasts removed and put in a plastic breast or whatever they do. Silicone. They go get their face made. Men are going to have their face made up because uh, they're getting a little older. They're going to change their face. But that's not what God made. Just imagine this. Check this out. They die and they think they're going to heaven. So they soul ascend up to heaven. Just listen. <laughs> oh, he joking about this. And they get to the early gates. So the angels looking at them and says, they running through the pictures of the people. They go and get like this searching. You know how you search on your phone. Uh, I never seen you before. And they still searching. <laughs> they going to throw you the truth in the faces. I never seen you before. Who are you? Where you come from? Nobody knows who they are because they changed God's glory. They changed the image that God gave them. His wonderful work. Well, if you look like an ape, there's nothing nobody could do about it. You just look like an ape. It's true. <laughs> if a person look like an ape, they still in God's image because God has eight, and then his, he made them too. <laughs> that don't authorize you to get plastic surgery. God got an eight for you if you're eight, okay? <laughs> you're a gorilla. God got a gorilla for you too. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. God got somebody for you if live right. Okay. IDT for hurting me. But I'll be all right. He said in verse 4, he having made his wonderful works to be remembered, and the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Oh my God. He's what? He's gracious. That's another problem that we got. We ain't gracious. We're greedy. You know, we have this, uh, uh, mankind has this thing about gimme, gimme, gimme my name. You know, my name is Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. But God is gracious to show us his kindness. God is gracious to have compassion on us. In the midst of all of our sins, in the midst of all of our foolishness, he's capable to have compassion. Hallelujah. He's capable of offering up his compassion to us, offering up his love to us, offering up his grace to us. One of the things I've learned about compassion, listen to this. We have to be willing to show compassion to other people. If you want to obtain compassion from God, you got to be willing to show compassion to other people. I know it's not a popular message. But this is the truth. You got to be willing to show compassion to other people if you want God to truly show compassion to you. Because we all get no little tiny spots and messed up spots in our life. Well, we need compassion, but you got to show compassion to people first. Until you allow God to show you compassion. You'll never be grateful for it when it's shown to you by anyone else. So God is gracious. The Lord is gracious to us. He's gracious. Offering up kindness. Offering up forbearance. Offering up patience with us. They used to sing that song. 
please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Now we like to sing that song. Oh yeah, it sounds good. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Come on, y'all. Yeah, everybody singing that one. Whoa. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Now the very person sitting next to them, they ready to knock the fool out of them. You'll stop doing my show. Now they're in service now. No compassion. And they're gonna start singing, please be patient with me. God is not through with me. And they're jumping up and down. They're threatening to knock the other person out now. <laughs> it sounds funny. And I sing like a frog. But the truth is, you can want God's patience or you want compassion. But you got to learn how to show it. One of the things about salvation a lot of people miss out on is obtaining God's compassion consistently in their life. Because we are going to make mistakes if we don't keep our eyes on the Lord. We are gonna error, we're gonna sin, yes we are. If we don't keep our eyes and focus on Christ Jesus and let him lead our lives, we're gonna mess up, preachers. We'll mess up, we'll go right off key. Easy. Amen. It's easy to go off. It's very easy to go okay when you don't keep your focus on God. Very easy. It's very easy to go right off in a oogie-oogie world, your own world. So the scripture says here, he had made it wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full. He don't empty out. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. It's full of compassion. <laughs> I like that. God is full of compassion. I don't know about what. But sometimes we want to go upside somebody's head. Especially parents. They got a hard-headed kid. And they don't never listen to nothing you tell them. Like my son. For a kid. But I show compassion. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to, but I show compassion. That's the thing about being a parent, loving your child. That's the same thing about God. He loves us as children. And he shows us that's where the compassion comes from, the relationship of father and child. A lot of people don't understand that. So a lot of times that's where patience comes from. And uh, uh, compassion come from those two things: pay, uh, uh, patience and compassion. They come because it's a father and child relationship that you build with God. There are many parents today have no relationship whatsoever with their children that they birth. That's a fact. There is no relationship, so there is no compassion. But you can't have a relationship without compassion. Amen. You go to work, you work with people. Over time, you learn to have compassion when you're already taught Mary to do certain things and you got to teach them again. Sometimes you show compassion, but sometimes you want to go upside their head. But uh, you show compassion as a leader. So God shows us compassion as a father, as a leader, and as God. Let's move on. Let's go now to. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And let's talk a little bit about God's compassion. Mark chapter 8. And verse 2. This is what it says. I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I'll read it again. Mark chapter 2, 8, verse 2 says, I have compassion on the multitude 
because they've been now, they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Now, that's compassion. The Lord could have done a lot of things like we do. We see somebody coming by with a cup. Excuse me, he got a dime, a quarter, anything. Uh, you got a, a quarter, a dime. He got a dollar you can spare. Get out of my sight. How dare you come up to me asking me for money. That's us. The nerve of them to come up to me. The devil is a liar. Now, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, a king himself. And at that king of kings, here's what he said. In verse 8, in chapter 8 of Mark, in verse 2, it says, I have compassion on the multitude because they have been with me three days and have nothing to eat. No compassion, no concern about the fellow man. And you want God to have compassion and concern for you. You want God to bless your life, give you this and give you that. Make sure you have money in the bank. Make sure you keep your job. Make sure your cupboards and your kitchen are full with food. Your refrigerator is full with food. And you got gas in your car. And somebody walk by you with a little cup asking for a dollar or a quarter. You're going to tell them, get out of my sight. And then some of y'all even call him a nasty devil. You the devil. <laughs> when we feed the poor, we lend it to the Lord, just like the preacher said today. When we feed the poor, we lend it to the Lord. I've been in many situations. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I've been, I mean, I'll never forget one. I was down in a convention in, I think, North Carolina somewhere. I think down in North Carolina. And I was walking to the store. I had $5 in my pocket. I did. I had $5 in my pocket. I had $5 in my pocket. And there was this guy. I'll be honest with you. It was a white guy sitting out there by the store. He wasn't waving his cup. He just had his cup there like this, sitting out there near his cup. Before I got to that guy, the Lord spoke to me and told me, give him, oh, my wife's in Pennsylvania, give him that $5 in your pocket. I'm like, what? Why should I give him my $5? I'm not going to lie, tell the truth. Why should I give him my $5? I thought that dude could be loaded with money. That's right. That's what I told him. Like, hey, why should I give him my $5? I walked up to that man. I didn't say one word to him. I dropped the five dollars in the cup. In my flesh, I was fighting. Why did you give it? Why did you? Because we should both have made a voice of the Lord thy God. If he said give, he got something better for you. And even if he don't, if the Lord tell you to give somebody ten dollars, give it to them. Not being selfish. That may be your last ten. It might be. And I have given my life. When I was younger, I had a reputation in church. This, this is funny and it's true. I never thought about the people. Somebody wind up seeing it and start telling me about it. They knew that I was the type of person. Somebody came to me and didn't have money to get home. I'll go borrow from somebody to make sure that person got home. I used to do that all the time. Because I had compassion on them. I, I didn't want anybody to be stuck out there. I used to like to do that. I used to take people home free. I'm charging my car. That's why oh, we've been blessed. We've been blessed to get a car. Now <laughs> then I go online and say, oh, that's the one I wanted. We go get it. I'm not making it up. It's true. I don't care about credit and all that other stuff. I'm going to get a gun. I'll go get it. The Bible said faith without works is dead. So I have to, my man. I go get it. I think sometimes my wife even think I'm a little nuts. Because I say that's what we're going to do. But I know God is with me. I don't just do foolishness. I just let the Lord direct me. But what I do look foolish in the sight of man. But in God's sight, I'm acting on his word. Big difference. But I'm telling you about compassion. 
that you have to learn how to have compassion on other people. I'm serious. Oh, everybody thinks they're going to heaven. All these big name preachers think they're going to heaven. All these people jumping up and down, speaking in tongues, shouting in church. And they, a lot of them have no compassion for a soul. Some of them don't even tell people they go to church at all. I'm serious. I never forget the story of a friend of mine. She had backslid and she was doing her things, laying up with her man or whatever. And she had she she was wound up having an affair with someone I knew. I didn't know. And she told me, she talked to me on the phone. She said, uh, uh, I think it was on the phone. Or we, we, we were talking anyway. And she told me one day, one Sunday, she was going to church to get right with God. And when she get go, walked in the building and sit down. Who do you think she's seeing? Tell her, baby, come on, put your hands together. Let's give God glory. She just got out of bed with him last night. Got to get right with God. You can't pretend it messed up. It messed them up. It met that incident messed her up permanently. She wound up dying in her sins. I'm not kidding you. God wound up getting beat half to death. To death, actually. It's very sad. Very sad. Beautiful young lady. But your beauty means nothing to the devil. How good you look or how sexy you think you are means zero to the devil. He will take you out of here if he can. He'll make sure you don't see God. I'm telling you, and not on good terms at that. I ain't making that up. But getting back to compassion. It is something that we have to focus on every day and not someday. Let me pray for those watching television broadcasts. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to touch every liberal soul that's watching this broadcast now. Oh, God, I ask you to save every liberal soul. Break every yoke in their life. Oh, God, I thank you for saving them. I thank you for tearing on the world, giving them your compassion and showing them how to have compassion in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it, neighbor. Those are the website, Tabernacle Deliverance, inc.org, my friend. Leave a testimony in your prayer request, and you can become a partner. Go to the partner page. Let's continue. So the scripture said, I have compassion on the multitude because they've been with me three days and I have nothing to eat. And some of us have people come to our house. No, they're hungry and won't feed them. Some of us are slick. We know somebody's coming. We're not going to cook dinner to the God. <laughs> we ain't cooking dinner before they go on or we eat before they come. I had a friend, and I did, this is true. I knew guess when to go to this house for dinner. <laughs> oh my gosh! I used to know when. Yes, I did this. Slip in my, I had a chair there too. Now I slip in the chair, and I'm having dinner. I'm gonna tell you one time. <laughs> this is true. One time I went to his house. He had one of my favorite dishes. Man, I ate that dish so fast. <laughs> I, I had to go. My wife had called me. And I had to go. I got sick to my stomach. Throw everything over. I was so upset myself. But that was for all of my little brother. I was so sad that he's gone, but I'm glad he's out of pain at all. But that man used to cook some dishes for me. Oh, oh my gosh. If you ate his salmon and rice, oh, you'd be standing on your head. It'd be so good. I miss that. I miss that. And he, uh, he makes some serious soup. I'm a big soup. Lover. But anyway. He liked to be preaching. That's another thing. He liked to be preaching. He had compassion on you. One day he got me real good. I'll never forget this. I came here looking to get something to eat. So he was smart one day. He went in the kitchen. I'm not lying. This is true. He went in the kitchen and he banging pots and pans on sitting out there excited. I'm going to give me a good meal now. That man banged all those pots and pans. You know what he came out with? A cup of coffee and some practice. <laughs> I was so upset. I said, what was all that banging and noise going on in there? <laughs> he was doing it just to get to me. <laughs> I never forgot that. So after that, I come there real humble now. So <laughs> I love to be with my brother. He's a crack me up, man. 
But he distilled a lot of good things in me. About God's concern, studying to be quiet. Oh, I can go on the list of stuff I learned through him. God put people in your life from time for time so you can learn more about God. So here Jesus is saying, I have compassion on the multitude because they've been with me all this time and they have nothing to eat. People, we got to understand that we got to care for God's heritage. You know, one of the reasons why people don't bless are not blessed, they don't bless nobody. I'm not kidding you. I know that a lot of people are not blessed. They say, I pay my tithes, I pay my offering, I do all this soon. I'm going to be uh, either preaching a message on tithing and or either do a Bible study. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. I just wait till I give me a green light for that. But a lot of people pay their tithes and their offering, and they're not blessed. I consider myself blessed. I'm not talking about even materialistically. I'm blessed with health. Uh, God brings me through everything. I, I'm blessed. I consider myself to be blessed. Blessed to be alive, number one. But some people don't bless other people. They withhold blessing. They withhold blessing from others that they could bless. You could bless people with your time. Words of encouragement, your finances, your concern. Many ways you can be blessed. Many, many ways you can bless people and be blessed. Like I had a prophet this call me today. <laughs> Every now and then she called me to prophesy to me. I don't yell or scream at her. I don't. Normally I would slice them and dice them because I don't play that. Don't come probably lying to me. However, she sometimes she called me for prayer. I prayed for her. The last time I prayed for her, she called me and she was so excited. Thank her for praying for me. God delivered me. I was shocked. I mean, she really sounded like she was full of life. Before she was, now she was all, I was all full of life. I was the more excited than she was. Praise God. We have to show compassion to other people because we may know the full way. We may know the way to walk before God and they don't know the whole way. I know preachers that's against women preaching. I am not. I, I, I'm against female bishops. I'm against a female apostles because I don't see it in the word. And I'm against a lot of these men that's bishops too because they don't need to meet the qualification much less the women. Because the Bible said a bishop got to be a husband of one wife and rule his children well. Some of them don't got no wives. Some of them don't got no children. They're never going to have none. So they ain't got no business being a bishop. You need to stay in your lane. You need to stay within God's word. But Jesus had compassion on the multitude because he knew they was hungry. Come on, you get hungry. Yeah, yeah. I've been to one person house. I'm not gonna no, I've been to two people house. I'm not gonna lie, their house was so nasty. I was hungry and they offered me and I wouldn't eat nothing. It was nasty. Oh I would never send you that. You might be puking your guts up while you're saying that. I'm like, ah, <laughs> But we got to learn how to show compassion that Jesus did when somebody is hungry. Somebody, you know what? I'll smell something else. Well, we only give away clothes that's ripped the shrivets. We're going to put clothes. We're going to put clothes. There we go. Here's a shirt. This is one of my shirts. This is a brand new shirt. Brand new. No, we're not going to send nothing good. We're going to make sure we find something that got 50,000 holes in it. The arm is ripped off. The side is ripped off. That's what we're going to say. That's what we're going to say. We're going to send tides that's all torn up. We're not going to send good stuff. And you want God to bless you? You're deceiving yourself. You're just going to spend way more money buying stuff. But God can bless you with better stuff, cheaper. 
I realized that they people put garbage in, and that are some of those capacitors that they put the stuff in. It said, do not put garbage in there. How am I going to wear garbage? The word of God is just to correct us and instruct us. So I'm instructing you with the word of God, correcting that thing where y'all put stuff in there, giving away, torn up garbage. Who's going to wear a shirt all ripped up or a skirt ripped up? And don't put none of your nasty drawers in there neither. Hello. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just playing blank. So Jesus fed the peaceful people. He had compassion on them because he knew they were hungry. People are hungry for the word of God. Tell them the truth. The Bible said you should know the truth and the truth will make you free. Don't set nobody free. I know preachers are against me saying this. Too bad because the scripture said. If the scripture don't say it, I don't say it. Let's move on. <coughs> Let's go to Luke 10, 33. Talk about compassion. Everybody wants God's compassion. Ten thirty-three of Luke says, listen to this. This picks up about what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. This is the story of the man that got robbed and beat up and left on the curb. The Levite, the priest, and all those other guys, seen him and <clears throat> walk around and walk across the street. They don't want to be around him. But the good Samaritan came by and seen him and had compassion on him. Amen. He took him into the inn and gave the man money to take care of this man. If anything I owe when I come back, oh, I'll pay you. But take care of the man. That's not us. I remember a sister I know. I know, a, I remember a sister that I know. She was going through a lot of hard times. And I was taking her to a hotel where she was supposed to stay. Where the county was going to let her stay. The place looked like a welfare hotel. It looked more scarier. She had young girls. And I said, I'm not, she's not staying here. I can't drive off my car and have you stand in this place. All these strange men standing around. That's not happening. You know what, Pastor, what I'm going to do? Get in the car. That's what you're going to do. I'm going to take somewhere where you could be comfortable and safe. And I sure did. It cost. It wasn't free. <laughs> but I made sure she was covered. Someday in life, God will return that back to me. But I wanted to make sure she was safe. When they rest their head, they ain't got to worry about nobody kicking in their door and molesting them. <clears throat> Come on, you got to be realistic. You got to have wisdom. You got to have compassion. If it's in your power to help somebody, help them. Yeah, that's true. It's in your power to pay your bills, pay your bills. Okay, the scripture says, <clears throat> but a certain man, but a certain Sumerian, as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. This is the thing. I like that part. <clears throat> Let's look at look at the beginning of that verse. It says, But a certain Sumerian as he journeyed. Is that something? As you journey in your life, have compassion on people. Stop trying to get to point A, from point A to glory without helping anybody. Hello? Stop trying to get from point A to glory without helping anybody. You've got to have compassion. You know what? The Lord specifically makes a way when you don't run into people that you got to have compassion on because he's trying to show you what he did for you. Oh, yes, he did. Y'all listen to me today. God is showing you what he done for you. 
A lot of people don't realize this, but it was out of compassion that Christ Jesus was sent in the first place. We ain't done nothing to earn eternal life. Don't you know if Jesus would never sent, we wouldn't have known nothing about eternal life. We would be a bunch of lost people. We don't want to act like the Jews, these Jews today. We don't want to be like them. We don't want to walk with long dreadlocks, uh, uh, what, uh, clocks on and black hats and, and, and uh, all this. We don't want to do that. No, we don't. Let's be honest. We don't want to do that. And down the other side, they don't want to be like us. They don't want to get saved. Both are hypocrites. Neither really wants to show compassion. I remember some years ago, my sister, when she had a four, I think it was four, four of the kids, and she was going down the road, me and I was sitting in an apartment together, and she was going down the road, and she told me that this Jewish lady pulled over and said, can I give you a lift? The lady had compassion on her because she had the kids. Now, probably she was by herself. She wasn't having no compassion. <laughs> but the lady was nice enough to take her and her kids to where they had to go. I've had the same thing happen with a state trooper. My car ran out of gas. I always tell a story. But the state trooper had compassion on me and brought me home. No, not everybody I know in law enforcement say I'm lying. But it really happened. Whether or not it was an angel in disguise as a man or not, that part I can't verify. He was a state trooper. He had a big shotgun in the back and all that other stuff. We must show compassion to other people. Amen. We must be compassionate. Uh, people only know compassion when they're talking sexually. That's the only kind of, kind of compassion people seem to know. When a girl puts on a bikini, or dog, or whatever they call them, and the guy gets all excited, he don't know what to do with himself. Oh, he's on the beach, he's trying to flirt with every pretty girl walking by in a bikini. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hotly, honest compassion for your fellow man and concern for their well-being. You know what? There's many people, listen to this. There's many people that are compassionate about mankind and don't know God. That's amazing. There's a lot of people that will never be saved. They do some of the best works in humanity and uh, humanitarian work there is. And they ain't saved, but they have the spirit of compassion in them and they do for people. And some of them have lost their lives trying to help people. That's, that's something to think about. Some of them lost their lives in the midst of trying to help people in other countries and different things. But they didn't know Christ. That's let's move on. All right, let's go to Matthew 8.33. I'm sorry, 18.33. Okay, listen to this. Matthew 18.33, and it says... Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I pitied on thee? I'll read it again. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I have pity on thee? What are we missing here? We get to the point but well, we don't care about other people. As a pastor and a minister, my job is to help other fellow servants in the gospel and help them reach their goal in God if I can. I have to have compassion on them 
It don't mean they ain't gonna have compassion on me. I've helped many, my wife will tell you, I helped many ministries. Very few helped me back. Very few even supported me. I've traveled around the country helping other ministries. They sure didn't come and help me. However, that's not my business. I don't have to give account for that. I got to give account for what I have done and the compassion I have shown. And the scripture is asking the question, why haven't you shown compassion on your fellow servant? You're working on the same job and you have no compassion for your fellow servant. No compassion, no concern. Your neighbor who's right. You know what? Here's another truth that's embarrassing. You'll go to churches. And my pastor used to say this. I, I never really paid it mind, but come to find out the truth. You go to churches. Most people don't even know the neighbor sitting next to them. They don't know the person that's sitting next to them in service. They've been sitting in their service for five years and don't know who the person sitting next to them. Don't even know their name. Now, here's a funny thing I can never figure out. My pastor knew every single person in the church. I, 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 I could never figure it out. It was over 4,000 people in that church. Okay, it was two, two levels. And he could say, Sister So-and-So's in the, there on, the, uh, on the balcony. I want to break you. Come down here. I'm like, how the world he know these people? I could never figure it out. A shepherd know they sheep. That's why. A shepherd, a true shepherd know they sheep. And that man would say, Parker, y'all have y'all seen Sister So-and-So? And even oh, I, I, don't, I don't know who she is. And he said, right next to you, you don't know her. He knew his the sheep that God had put under him. He sure did. I never forgot that. He would call people out in that office and how did he know this person? We can't even see the person. He's not the person. A sheep, a shepherd knows they sheep, and I've seen a video on it. Compassion to your fellow servant. Those that labor on your job. And in the ministry with you, have compassion on them. Sometimes they're going through hard times. Pick up the phone and say hello. Pick up the phone and say, are you okay? Is everything all right? Do you need me to pray for you? Would you like to go and have lunch together or something? No, not us. I ain't calling nobody. Let them find their way on their own. Why should I call them? Why should I waste my time? I got better things to do with my time. God called me to preach. I ain't got time to call nobody. You want me to tell you another thing we jacked up with? Thank you, Lord. Widows. Oh, yeah. They're the most forgotten people. One of my friends, her husband died. And, you know, I went to the home going service and everything. I was from, I used to follow his, his ministry all the time. And after he died, what, what, what about my business? But one day, when we were both in Delaware sitting down talking, she explained to me how hurtful it was that the people forgot her after her husband died. As a widow, she said, nobody after this ride, they buried him, I ain't nobody to bother me no more. That really touched my heart because I guess I was one of those people. But yet the scripture plainly states, do not forget the widows. That's the scripture. It said, don't forget the widows. So what happened over time, I had another opportunity to fix it. In fact, two. My mother-in-law's friend, husband died. And she invited me to come to the house for Thanksgiving. Now, that's not something I know. I don't know her mother, my mother-in-law's friend. But the Lord brought to me that we should look after the widow. And I went. Now, I was kind of nervous being there, but I was obedient and went. See the difference? 
I was given another opportunity to rectify that issue and fulfill the word of God. And I went. Then when Brother Oliver died, I, he, he left a commandment for me to look after his wife. He actually yeah, he left a commandment for me to do so. Even though I told him, this was like years before he was sick. He told me, Pastor Wells, when I go home to be with the Lord, I want you to look after my wife. That's exactly what he told me. Nobody knew but me. He also told me when I die, Pastor Wells, I do not want to be revived. He was telling me stuff that I am I supposed to know all this stuff. But he knew what he was doing because he was never revived. Compassion on your fellow servant. By you having compassion on other people, that compassion will return back to you. I know everybody looks at everything to come back a hundredfold. Yeah, I ain't no scripture on this saying about how, how the compassion is going to return back. Let's move on. Let's go to Psalms 145. Psalms 145 and 8. And the reason follow. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great of mercy. I'll read it one more time. The Lord is full of compassion, slow to anger, and great and of great mercies. Did you hear that? Let's read it slowly again. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. We learn that God is gracious to us. We learn that God is full of compassion to us. But on the other part, he's slow to anger. We get angry, easy. We get ticked off like that. Or somebody have to do to say something we don't like, we get ready to blast them the condom king. We're going to tell them where to get off. We've had it. We're done with them. Okay, we're through. But the scripture here in verse 8 says, Psalm 145, it says that God is slow. He's the slow pole. When it comes down to anger. He's slower than a snail when it comes down to anger. So it takes a lot. I understand that because it takes a lot to get me angry. So just imagine what it is with God. He's slower than a snail. He moves slower than a snail when it comes down to being angry. Amen. But the scripture says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercies. He shows great mercy to them that need it. God will always show great mercies to those in need of mercy. And he will be slow, he will remain slow to anger. You know why? Because he said, I'm the Lord, thy God, that changes not. He don't change. Not like us. We change on a daily basis. Some people change like the weather. It rained the other day, they're mushy, gushy. It's sunny today, they smiling. It's cloudy tomorrow, they <laughs> But God is slow to anger. He's full of compassion. He's gracious. And of great mercy, he has a lot of mercy. Great, great, great with mercy. He's able to show us his mercy consistent. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Jude chapter 1, verse 22. Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1, verse 22. 
Listen to this. Jude chapter 1 verse 22 says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. I'll read it again. And of some have compassion, making a difference. What is he saying? Of some people, you got to have compassion on them, making a difference when everybody else rejects them. I often tell people that the ministry God gave me, I deal with everybody. He puts people from different ministries into my ministry. It deals with Muslim, Baptist, Republican. I don't care where they come from. God's going to send them and I don't care. Because I'm going to just teach them the word. That's it. I got no golden oil to give you. I got no blessed cost to give you. I got none of that garbage. I just got this Bible. I just got the spirit of God. That's it. If that can't do the job, nothing can. So the scripture says in verse 22 of Jude, and of some have compassion, making a difference when other people reject them. You got to have compassion on people. You got to have compassion on people. Do you hear me? And you got to make a difference when you do. You know what? Uh, lately, I've been, well, I mean, I've been watching to services on the Now Network, services on the Daily Gospel Network. I've just been watching everywhere. And I come to find out there's so much garbage out there. The prosperity ministry and a oh, lot. I seen one. I don't know what the. I don't know if it was mime. I don't know if it, it was praise dancing. I don't know if it was Michael Jackson spirit. I don't know what the guy was doing, but he was doing something that was so far fetched. I was scratching my head. What is this supposed to be? That same individual, believe it or not, I'd have compassion on them because they don't know no better. They don't know no better because the leader don't know no better. The Bible said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and it's also because the leaders have not stood in his counsel. If they truly stood in God's counsel, they that young man would be doing that. He wouldn't be doing the Michael Jackson, have the Michael Jackson spirit or the Harry spirit and all this other mess. That's because the leadership ain't right. I don't care. I don't beat my, I don't bite my tongue. When the leadership ain't right, these young people are all messed up. They look at the leadership. They look for somebody to guide them. They look for somebody to direct them. But these characters just gonna say, mm, aha, they dress good. Smell good with cologne. Having compassion, making a difference on the lives of those around you. That's what the scripture is talking about. It says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. He's not just saying have compassion. He's saying make a difference in that person's life. Some people have to have a difference made. Jesus said, "Why well, call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say do, but yet they do it. You can't obtain eternal life without showing compassion to other people. You're fooling yourself. There's many people with nasty, evil spirits think they're going to heaven. They're fooling themselves. All right, let's move on. Let's go to, we just about finished. Let's go to Hebrews chapter five. And verse two. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter five, verse two says, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? 
for that he himself is also compassed with infirmity. I'll, I'll say this again. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For he himself is compassed with infirmity. That's the man or woman of God. That's the man or woman of God able to have compassion on other people and on ignorant people. Everybody right upstairs. Everybody's not in their right mind upstairs. But we should be able to have compassion on the ignorant and those that are out of the way to help graft them back in the right way. And now we will bring them back into the fold of God so they will do what's right before God. So they will be godly before God. But you got to be willing. That's what the scripture said. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 2 says, Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself is compassed about with infirmity. I deal with infirmities. See, some people think that he's talking about the Lord. <laughs> when they read that verse, they think they're talking about the Lord. They're not talking about the Lord. The Lord is not compassed with no infirmities. He's talking about human beings. That we shall have compassion on the ignorant, those us that are wise in God. I've met preachers that were out of the way. You know what? There's a preacher. Well, I don't know if he's still alive. There's a preacher right here where I live. I was offering one of the business programs I have, and I got to meet him. And we started talking, and we started talking about the things of God. And he said, Well, Pastor Wells, tell me, what do you think of a man? That still smokes. You think he's not saved? I said, Why would I say that? I said, He may need deliverance. He needs deliverance in his life. He would say, What? You're the first person that ever said something like that. I said, But it's the truth. I told him the truth. You can't tell a person he's not saved if they still smoke. They need deliverance. Amen. Oh, come on. Now, you got to be honest. When everybody got saved, they, everything was, they wasn't delivered instantly with everything. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. When I, before I got saved, I used to smoke. I would never drink. It never worked for me. Drinking never worked. Smoke, I used to smoke two or three packs a day before I got saved. A lot of people don't know that. But when I got saved, it just essentially I was delivered. When I was, before I was saved, I had a heart murmur. God delivered me from that instantly. I don't, it's like he did it. I didn't know nothing on me. However, Everybody's not going to get delivered instantly from everything. Some people have to grow into deliverance. They got to understand that they're going to what they're delivered from. Everybody get delivered from prostitution, homosexuality. Don't change that second. Every adulterer that gets saved, don't change that second. Sometimes they still got those booties out the door. And the man or woman of God got to smash them and pull them back in. Compassion. Sometimes we have to lay out before God and call on God for people that God will spare their life. And sometimes they don't even know you're seeking God for them. That's out of compassion. I always tell a story about the two brothers uh, from another church. I ran a revival in New York, in the city. And uh, one brother came to me and said, Praise the Lord. Pastor Wells, how you doing? I said, I'm fine. He said, I thank God for you praying for me. Could God deliver me from homosexuality? Me and brother so and so. I said, what? I said, when was this? This was years ago. I can't even remember, to be honest with you. I don't know. I didn't pat myself on the back and say, I did a good job. No, I said, well, praise God, because I don't remember nothing. I pray for a lot of people, so I don't know. But what happened was, in that service, compassion was shown to God God extended deliverance to that young man. God, Almighty God, wants us to show compassion. Amen. Who can have compassion on the ignorant? You know, a lot of times they're ignorant preachers. I heard one ignorant preacher say years ago that um, he was only saved from the head, his head 
to his waist, beyond his waist, he wasn't safe. So he was going to go sleep around and do whatever he wanted to do. He was a liar and ignorant. I heard one preacher say one time, he said, I'm not going on no TV and stuff because if God wanted me on TV, he would have had TV back in Jesus' day. Huh? <laughs> Some people are just ignorant of God's righteousness. The Bible says that God has given us all things to enjoy, not pervert. So online, TV, podcast, we all could do that. For God's glory, not to pervert it. But everything God is something wicked. They got churches of Satan and everything. So, well, you know, come on. But the scripture here in closing says, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way or that he himself is compassed about with infirmity? And one of the reasons why God called people to have infirmity because it's to keep them within. Within the boundary so they don't step out of his will. God wants us to stay within his boundary, stay within his will. Every day. God wants to show compassion to you who's listening to this broadcast, whether by podcast or, or, or TV or, or however, YouTube, Twitter, however you're listening to it. God wants to show compassion to you. Not religiously. He wants to show you personal compassion. Amen. If there's anybody watching this broadcast that don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, I offer you an opportunity to receive God's compassion through salvation in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who actually died on the cross. That compassion we show to us, me, you, and everybody else. Now, right now, I want you to bow your heads for one moment and pray a simple sinner's prayer with me. And let the Lord come into your life. Let the compassion of God overwhelm you and his love and know you. Nah, it's not a thing where you get saved and everything is speeches and cream. That's a lie. I don't teach that. Bible don't say that. Bible say you're gonna go through trials and test it like everybody else. Am I victorious with Christ at the head of your life? Bow your head with me. And repeat after me, Lord Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I ask you to come into my heart and my life. Save me right now. You said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I call on you right now, Lord. Save me. Come into my heart. Wash me in your precious blood that you shed on Calvary. And give me to know that I have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it, neighbor. If you sincerely believe that prayer, Christ will come into your life. If you see thunder and lightning, that's not on me. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Now listen, go to the website, the tabernacledeliverance.inc.org and leave a testimony, leave a prayer request and become a partner. Let us know how you're doing. And we want to be a blessing to you spiritually if we can. Uh, on Wednesday night, we have Bible study right here, eight o'clock. Until then, let the compassion of God consume your life and take you where you want to go in God. I'll see you on Wednesday. God bless. <laughs>